ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo. We're you tonight, bringing you episode number 373. Befica podcast coming to you every week. The latest and greatest. I don't know about greatest, but and I see Christian who did that face there. But the, the latest uh, uh, on uh, Befica every week in English uh, for uh, everyone to enjoy. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? I give you that face because I, I thought you were going in the direction in the latest and greatest news of Benfica. I was like, well, yeah, it is some great news lately, as we all know. We'll touch on that in just a few seconds. But that's where I thought you were heading, and that's why I made that face. But nonetheless, what's up? What's going on, Alfredo? Dave? How you guys doing today? I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a little excited. It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, there's finally light at the end of the tunnel. And um, Alfredo, you know, I have the tendency of always stepping like eight, Eight, uh, how do I put it? We have our plan set up, and I step like eight, eight plays later, like in soccer terms, right? You know what I mean? I'm always overstepping, so I, I'm gonna I'm slow down this time, and I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and and do what you do best. Yeah, just look, just be careful with that analogy about the light and seeing lights. Uh, we know in the last time that there was uh, a light uh, sighting. Uh, it didn't work out too well, but here we are, a few years back, a few years forward, and uh, it looks like we're in a in a different place. I don't know. Lights are totally different. This this time you actually get to see him from the bathroom. It's totally different. We got we've gotten to see totally different confirmation. So I'm very confident in in today's lights, Alfredo. Yeah. Very confident. Very happy. And uh, you mentioned, and Dave, I'll. I'll I'll introduce you in a little bit, but in mentioning lights, I gotta I gotta give uh, big props to Insanias Carvão uh, because he's he's absolutely going ham on this JJ uh, arriving in Portugal. Uh, that the cameras are with him and every step of the way, and he actually uh, one of his great Photoshop montages. He has uh, a guy sitting on the toilet that kind of looks like JJ. Through uh, uh, like one of those uh, fogged glasses that you would see in in the bathroom. So the, well, the I thought that, that was hilarious. It's, it's the hair. I mean, it's yeah. The hair. And it's it's. I don't, know about the, I've no, I don't think I've ever seen JJ naked, but you know, like the hair looks like it's JJ's head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, that has fooled a tremendous amount of people. I have plenty of friends that are in in, in you know media here in the United States and South America, and I have to correct them. Like, bro been set up and they're like oh you messed it all up they were excited like talk about coverage in portugal and then then i had to like burst their bubble but yeah nonetheless yeah. sonia's shout out fantastic yo that that was hilarious today and you had the sam tv the latest noticias ultima hora alerta sam tv that looked authentic great yeah. job alerta sam tv jj ta fazer cocó that was the, that was great man uh i can't get enough man and he's absolutely brilliant and uh you know i've been following him for a long long time and he's definitely uh a talent and, and definitely some one of portugal's biggest comedic comedic talents in terms of photoshops and and all that good stuff anyway dave de Oliveira is here uh, up in Toronto or or somewhere thereabouts. For me, everything is it's either 
Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. Uh, there's that's, no, that's... there's, there's no in between. <laughs> it's like you, you, you've it's got like... your Canadian geography pretty much down. We've got uh, we've got mass density in those three uh, towns, pretty much, and then it's all just uh, trees and forest well, in between, yeah. right? But but it's you know it's like saying uh, the United States is New York, Chicago, and L.A. Uh, which is, is far from the truth. There's a lot more to that. But obviously, you know, uh, for all you Canadians, Dave is our Canadian part uh, here in the podcast. Tonight, we are serving up episode number 373. We will look back at Benfica uh, in their penultimate game against Sportivo de Zavs in, in, in quite of an odd set of circumstances that we had for this game. The game just took place uh, this afternoon as we record this here in the East Coast of the United States. We're also uh, biggest news and perhaps, uh, you know, too big. Uh, JJ's arrival and impending sa- uh, signing, uh, which uh, he arrived in Portugal today, but we'll get into that as I mentioned. Uh, and we'll look ahead to Benfica's last game of the season at Stade de Luz, an empty Stade de Luz, as, as you know, against Sporting, a game that um, means doesn't mean much for Benfica, but that it means a lot for Sporting, and we'll get into that. Let's get into this Avs game. Um, as I mentioned, so uh, for those of, of you that don't know, um, Avs is, like many clubs in Portugal, are run by uh, Assad. Uh, and what that is, is basically a, a business that runs the club. Uh, so th- there's been a, a huge thing in terms of lack of money, uh, lack, of, lack of funding, uh, abandonment by, by some of these people that were in, in control. Um, the team has not gotten paid. Um, the player's insurance has run out. There was some doubts on whether or not uh, Avj go- was going to be able to play this game because of the insurance. Uh, then today, well, before... And COVID tests. And also COVID <laughs> yeah, tests. Yeah, they can't, they can't even afford COVID tests. Players uh, were playing out of their own pocket. Right. And, uh, not every player on the roster was available because not every That's player right. Forty. So, I mean, to put things into perspective. Yeah, 40, they've signed 40 players this season because uh, some have obviously walked away from not being paid with, uh, you know, rightful, uh, um, rightful law uh, to, to leave the, the team. Um, then right before the game, we found out that the, the, the keys for the bus were missing, so the players couldn't be bused to the, to the stadium. Uh, then we saw players arriving in their own cars at the stadium, then we found out that the, the stadium was locked up. They had to come and, and break down the doors. Uh, and then we later found out that the trophy that they won a couple years ago against Sporting, um, the Portuguese Cup trophy, is now missing. So there's all these <laughs> circumstances surrounding this, this game uh, with the Avs and, and Benfica. Don't forget, the police were called in to break into the stadium because the keys to the gates into the stadium were missing prior to today's game against Benfica. I mean, this is an absolute shit show, and I apologize for my French and respect to you, French. I'm not trying to call you shit, but, you know, you get the, the term of <laughs> the foul language. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, Portuguese football today uh, suffered a black eye. I, I think this is something that, the authorities and the right people should absolutely take a look at because it's 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 unfair for these players who 
will invest everything, dedicate their time, dedicate the you know, fa- time away from family, you know, dedicate their bodies and souls into, into you know, being a professional soccer players and doing uh, the, the very best they can on the field for this team. And then all of a sudden they abandon them. And, and these conditions is just, it's, it's not professional. Um, it should not be allowed in Portuguese football or, or in any other league. That being said, um, I heard the rumors of uh, Bruno Fernandes and, and certain players who, who some way somehow contributed to turning this around. And so, you know, applause uh, to those people that, that helped, um, you know, settle what's going on and, and take care of uh, the insurance payments, make sure some of these players had conditions to take uh, the COVID test. But it's an absolute embarrassment. And, and you know, the Portuguese league, Portuguese authorities should uh, investigate dumb people that are in charge, you know, that, that were the leaders or, or, or the directors of the SAD. Um, those people should be investigated. Those people should be fined heavily. They should be made to, uh, you know, they should be, uh, they should have to pay every single player, every single penny that they owe. And then the league in its own, the league should uh, take better care of itself and make sure that nothing like this happens in, in, in the future. They need to make sure that there's funds. I don't know what it is. Maybe open a bank account and have teams, you know, deposit money into, into this to, to, to the bank account run by the league in case something like this ever does happen. You have the money to play the uh, to pay the players' salaries. There has to be something done because what we saw today is, is Mickey Mouse. It's amateurism. I mean, I know there's there's amateur leagues that are run better than what, what we saw today in Portugal. So it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, no, absolutely. As you mentioned, a, a black eye. And, and, and certainly, yeah, uh, we have to point fingers at the league. Uh, and there's got to be uh, somewhat of uh, uh, of some kind of mechanism within the league uh, that keeps an eye on these teams that are struggling. Uh, and this is not the first time that we've seen uh, uh, teams struggling to pay player salaries. It happens all the time, especially in the lower divisions. But in the first division, uh, it's not the first time. And I think that the league needs to do something about this uh, to, to monitor the situation. Maybe uh, every three months, uh, go into each club and find out what their financial uh, situation is like. I'm not saying pry into uh, their business affairs, but certainly find out if there's enough funds to cover the player salaries. And I think that the, the league... Uh, and some kind of watchdog uh, planned by the league or put into place by the league needs to take care of this because um, as the league moves forward and wants to market the product that's in Portugal and wants to market the young players that are coming out of the Portu- out of Portugal and also a lot of coaches that are coming out of Portugal, uh, Portugal seems to be uh, an attractive uh, market for soccer fans, more of the purists than anything else because they see all the talent and they see the coaches. So the league has to do better to create a structure, to create a base so the league continues to grow and not take two steps back like it did today. I think this should be made to, to like I said, deposit at least six months, six months worth of salaries into a bank account. Uh, supervised or, or run by the league in their own, you know, uh, and, and if something like this happens, at least they have six months worth of salaries that they could take care of the players. I think, I mean, because the whole thing, like you said, every three months going in and you're going to have to audit their book, that's too much work, you know, and, and plus these super agents and super clubs, uh, we know have a very good way of hiding numbers, you know, and hiding money and hiding yeah. stuff. So, 
I mean, if you have six months worth of salary in a bank account, there's no way to hide that. I think yeah, but, that that's the way it should be. I mean, what about the the uh, auditing? I mean, where are they so busy? I mean, I know they're not definitely create. They're not drawing up a schedule for the league. That's for sure. Uh, no, what are they figuring out? How many cents? How many? How many? Uh, euros and cents they should find a, a team for transgressions what are they doing why can't it's a professional organization no, you're right but you but i just in in look i'm not saying you're wrong what i'm saying is that we see these super agents and a lot of these super agents nowadays have a hand in a lot of these club sods right and they have fantastic ways of hiding money and hiding transactions and hiding a lot of these these, these, you know, negatives that that would alert the league into that, you know, maybe we should keep an eye on this because uh, these numbers don't match up. These people have certain, you know, they have, they have crazy, and I can't, I shouldn't be saying this, but they have ways of hiding these things. I mean, we've seen with tax evasion, with superstars throughout, you know, Spain and, 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 and Italian leagues and stuff like that. And we've had Portuguese players being involved in Portuguese coaches being involved in that, Portuguese agents. Look, man, to me, the easiest way, look, you got money, and you can still do it your way, Alfredo. So you audit every three months. Hey, yo, and we see red flags. It, that's fine because we still have the money in the bank account at the end of the day. Now, the way you're just saying it, right, to audit, and let's say you audit and you catch red flags and you flag them down and then where's the money? Money's gone. Now who's gonna play for the who's gonna pay the player salary again once again? Is it gonna be the league? There's okay. no money. At least you have it in the bank, you know, and still do what you're saying. Audit. But I still think that these teams should have to forward money into the league, into a bank account, private bank account, and make sure that there's six months worth of salary for whatever team. Obviously, Benfica's got a bigger budget, bigger salary uh bill than 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 Sportive Lops, right? But at the end of the day, they should have money in those bank accounts in case uh something like this happens in the future. Yeah, and not to mention that a lot of these teams they live off of when the big clubs go and play at their stadiums, whether it's Sporting Porto, Benfica. So I don't know. I mean, if they have to wait for those big games in order to get the gate receipts to be able to uh, meet their obligations, their financial obligations, I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to come up with six months of salaries, to be honest. Because of this, Alfredo, because of this, I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know how many, uh, it's a couple million. They, they, each team, especially the smaller teams, they get a couple million uh, from League of Nars or whatever the hell it is, from Nars, whatever, the TV contract, right? And a lot of these teams have, they have a budget of 837000 for the year, and they're getting two, three million up front because that's the TV revenue money that they're getting. There's no reason why you can't have six months worth of salary from that money. You understand what I'm saying? That money that the league pays you for TV rights, take half of that money and, or whatever, take six months of salary from that money and keep it in the bank. Yeah. Because telling you a lot uh pretty jobs their budget i'm afraid you it, it, pride doesn't even reach a million for the year for the season doesn't reach a million and they get more than that they get at least double or triple that just in tv revenue from nosh so again this is things that we know we'd have to confirm but i'm pretty sure because i i, I know a little bit about that and i'm pretty sure those are the numbers i just can't give you the exact numbers but it's like two three million it's nothing great it's not huge but each team does get um, you know, a certain amount of money which exceeds their exp their their expenses for the year. So I, I don't know why the league can't just yeah. it. kind of like kind of like paying child support <laughs> comes directly out of your paycheck every week. Yeah, and look, uh, let's not forget that last year, and as a result of winning the Portuguese Cup uh, and making it into uh, because the Portuguese Cup will give you a seed in European competition through the Europa League. Don't forget that. 
Sportive des Aves bowed out of entering the competition because they didn't have the conditions to uh, to go in it. So right off the bat, you could see, oh, wait, well, there, there's a red flag here. I mean, if you're bound out because you don't have uh, the, the conditions, and I understand that there's plane tickets and so on and so forth, but right off the bat, that should have been your first red flag. But again, uh, the league uh, doesn't care much about uh, about the little teams, and they should be safeguarding the little teams a, a lot more from uh, opportunistic uh Uh, uh, charlatans, if you will. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, get into this game. So as I mentioned, so quite a few factors, uh, and up until a couple hours before the game, we weren't sure whether the game was going to happen or not. And then we hear about all these things, locked keys, the bus is locked up, lost keys, whatever. Um, but uh, yes, uh, the players did end up getting on the field, and, and Benfica lined up with the following 11. Um, Svilar was in goal. Uh, Almeida, Diaz, Jardel, and Nuntavares. Florentino and Gabriel were in the midfield. If you recall, um, Julian Weigel is, uh, is uh, uh, sitting down for picking up, for accumulating uh, yellow cards. Pizzi was on one side, Rafa was on the other side. Chiquinho and, and Vinicius. Um, I guess, Dave, I'll, I'll ask you. Surprised that Svilar got the start? Or, or does this kind of go meet head-on the conversation that we had last week in terms of giving players a chance now that there's nothing to play for. Yeah, it's uh, not shocked because this was a meaningless game for both uh, both clubs like we uh, discussed last week. Benfica uh, locked up second uh, place. Avs is not going to move from their uh, 18th uh, position there. Um, if anything, I, I don't understand why Svilar gets the chance and, and we uh, rotate the squad at uh, the keeper position, but don't do it with other uh, positions uh, within the squad. Good to see Svilar um, get some action for uh, some action, and it's actually his first league start since uh, November 2017. But I would have liked that uh, to have uh, been seen across the board, uh, not necessarily fill a, a whole starting 11 of players that have no rhythm uh, with each other, but a little bit more than just Vilar uh, in terms of players getting uh, some action that have just been riding the bench all season. Cristiano, what do you make of this Vilar start? Was this a reward uh, for the fact that he accepted to go down to the B team and has done pretty well uh, in a B team? Is this a, a trial for uh, the third goalkeeper? What is it? It's, uh, look, I, I, it was a pleasant surprise. I should say that. As far as rewarding, maybe it is a little something to that. The fact that he changed his whole attitude, his whole mental uh, mindset, and he accepted the role of going down to the B team. And I know initially he didn't view it very well, but then he changed his opinion. And obviously you can see that he's gradually gotten better. And today he didn't look, he didn't look out of place. I'll tell you that much. He didn't, you didn't see that nervous youngster we used to see with the long hair uh, looking like, uh, what's that cartoon uh, from Bambi or whatever with the red, What's the cartoon? You guys don't... You remember they put his picture side by side to the cartoon? No? Nobody? No. Do, do you have the cricket sound effect on your phone? You could play no, it now. Everybody listening to this is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Bambi? The, two people, the two people in the world that don't know about it's Well, three of us. <laughs> well, all three of us are in this podcast. Man, come on. It's a cartoon. Bambi? The girl, yeah, it might be. I don't know, Bambi, whatever. Who's the girl? She's in, she's, she got the red bow on her hair, and they put a picture of them side to side, and he looked exactly like, but whatever. The point is, Bambi. Might be Bambi. I don't know. It's not Bambi. Bambi is a deer, bro. I'm talking about the girl. 
You said Bambi. She might have been. There was a girl. In, but isn't Bambi? Isn't there a cartoon? There's a girl in that. Whatever. I, I haven't watched. Cartoons. I tell you what. Why don't you uh, be quiet for a little bit and look that up on uh, on your phone real quick. The only the only uh, the only guy that uh, I've seen side by side is Patrick Kendrick posting uh, Svilar looking like Cavani. He posted that uh, today. That uh, side by side of uh, I see the similarities there. I definitely see. Maybe it's uh, Svilar with the long hair, but even some of the facial structure in the cheekbones perhaps are in there. Uh, but anyway, uh, strong start by me. Go ahead. I was just I was going to continue my point that, you know, it was a pleasant <laughs> surprise, right? You asked if it was a reward. I, I think there might have been a little something there. I mean, look, there's plenty of rumors, right? And um, I can't confirm as of now, but there's plenty of rumors that, you know, he might be on his way out as well. Zlovin, obviously, you've heard the rumors that he has been given his marching papers and Svilar might be next out the window. So here's an opportunity to, you know, to wet your beak once again, get a few minutes and, and, and you know, uh, before you head out the door. And again, like I said, he did not look out of place. I thought, you know, the nerves and all that was, was, was out of his game. He looked very comfortable. He looks nicer with a nice haircut and the guy's bulked up big time. You could tell he's, you know, he's gotten thicker. He's definitely doing his work off the pitch. Uh, but like Dave, um, totally agree that um, I figured that maybe Gonzalo Ramos, who eventually came in later on in the game, but I figured he might have gotten the start. I figured the other kid, Bernardo, I forget his name now, uh, the midfielder, I figured maybe you could have thrown him in, the, you know, in, in a game like this because of the reasons that Dave mentioned, that um, didn't mean nothing statistically for either team as far as the standing stood. So uh, it would have been nice to see some of these kids get their opportunities here and, you know, making their debut in the, in the, in the first division and with the main club. And we got to see that with, with Gonzalo Ramos. He did tremendous. We'll get to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, still still, still pleasantly surprised to see Svilar. A little um, taken aback at first because, I, I, we, you know, for the whole season, it's been Slovin. Slovin's been the guy. And now all of a sudden this guy – you know, basically overjumped Slovin, uh, Slovene, whatever his name is. So, yeah, that, that took me by surprise. But at the end of the day, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if there's anything behind it, uh, whether it's uh, a reward or whether it's a trial as a third goalkeeper for, for next season. Uh, because the information that we have uh, is that Slovin is on his way out, um, possibly on, on a loan deal. Uh, but uh, we'll see. And also the rumors that uh, Elton Late is going to uh, to come and join Benfica, that hasn't been confirmed, but the uh, rumors do point to that. Uh, so uh, we'll just have to see. Um, got on the scoreboard early in the fourth minute with uh, Rafa uh, finally scoring a goal. He hasn't scored one in, in, in quite some time. Uh, a nice ball over the defense. Uh, by Pizzi, that Rafa controlled well and was one-on-one with the goalie, and he, he put that away. Um, but then, uh, you know, we, we got the, the rest of the half. Uh, was okay. I think that Benfica uh, wasted some chances. Second half, Benfica thought Benfica played much better in the second half. Pizzi gets a goal off a penalty on the handball, um, which, you know, could have gone either way. The guy is going down. The arm is telling behind him. I don't know. I think the fact that this game was meaningless uh, perhaps helps the call. Go ahead, Shen. You found it? Snow White. Snow White. Snow White, the Snow White and Bambi, the of course. No, it's not Bambi. It's Seven Dwarfs. But whatever. Snow White. the picture? Yes. Snow White. Yes. That's, they put her with the red bow on her hair. I don't know if you guys can see it. 
but this is a bad picture. But they put him and her side by side, and it looked and it looked perfect. So yeah, Snow White. See, I knew there was a cartoon in there somewhere. So go know. back, go back to what you. Were. I'm sorry for interrupting. I, just, I don't I, know I, where you got Bambi, but uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, bro, I, I could close. see it. Seven Dwarfs Bambi. You know, it was close. It was close. It was a cartoon from like the eighty. I got you. Um, yeah, and, and then I think that uh, the floodgates really uh, opened uh, for uh, Benfica. There was a couple subs. Uh, Diego Souza and Seferovi came in for Vinicius and Chiquinho. Jota came in for Rafa. Uh, and then uh, we grabbed... Uh, Gonçalo Ramos came in uh, for Pizzi. Samaris came in for Gabriel. Uh, Gonçalo Ramos, on a first touch that he had, uh, scored off a, a nice run to the first post, uh, corresponding to uh, a nice cross by the Tavares kid. Uh, first post, right boot, right over the goalie, nice finish by the youngster. And then uh, I don't think he could have dreamed of a, of a better debut game. I scored a second goal on on what it was probably a second touch of the game uh, and to put the, the final score 4 nothing for Benfica. So um, I guess, I mean, I guess when you look at all the, the, the factors involved in surrounding this game, uh, there's not much that you would have expected from uh, from Befica. After all, these players haven't, the average players haven't uh, trained all uh, all week, and there's been things, and, and at the start of the game, they did not play. They stood still for the first minute of the game while Befica just uh, touched the ball around in their half uh, as a sign of protest, of course. Uh, and look, it's it's been tough for them, and I admire them the fact that they haven't given up and they want to continue to uh, honor the name of the club, not the Saad itself, but the name of the club and also the fans that uh, that support them uh, all season. Um, and there were plenty of fans outside the stadium afterwards, chanting and singing their 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 you know their songs and stuff like that. They were showing support. Uh, fantastic to see that afterwards. But, yeah, it's it's a sad situation, as we mentioned before. Sad situation to see what's happening with Sportivo Davs. Uh, the one thing I was wondering is one, once the, the, the keys to the bus went missing, I mean, there wasn't a car thief anywhere around that could pop the ignition. I mean, you know, could have bailed them out. Well, maybe the Slim Jim they used to open the doors of the stadium could have used the uh, – Could have definitely on a- used that. Well, I, I, and maybe it was somebody that just, uh, you know, didn't want Avers to park the bus against Mefica, so they took the keys. Yeah, that's I, a good point. Somebody I, I mentioned that on Twitter. They said they always, they, they, they always lose the keys because they always park the bus. So that was uh, the next, last uh, Mefica game. Next, we got Sporting. But before that, the, the major, major news um, in Portuguese football and Mefica Nation is the... Uh, the impending signing of uh, JJ, as uh, as we've been talking about, there's been discussions. Luis Felipe flew to Brazil on Sunday. Uh, on Monday, met with uh, JJ and club Flamengo officials, and today he was arriving in Portugal. Uh, and Cristiano, really, the, the not, it's not impending, bro. It's official. It's not, official. Not, a, they, not until he's signing behind in front of that, that red giant jersey. Oh, uh, they've 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 communicated it to Sam Sam yeah, It's so it is not impending, and this is one of one of, and there's very few one of the best days of 2020 for me. I am ecstatic. I'm through the moon ecstatic with 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 this news that. Jorge Jesus is back at Sporting Lisboa Benfica. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have football back at the Stadio de Luz. 
Yeah, so uh, JJ arrived at the private small airport in the outskirts of uh, of uh, Lisbon, Tirish, okay. which is part of Cascais. Um, and the, I think that the biggest thing about this arrival is that uh, Porto just won the championship when uh, Sunday or Saturday, and yeah, they won it uh, Wednesday. Well, they I'm sorry. Won, uh, Wednesday. You're right. Tuesday or Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Right, but yesterday they, I think yesterday they picked up the they the celebrated trophy, the, they yeah, handed the yeah. trophy whatever but everything that's in the news and everything that every every newspaper is covering is jj's arrival uh and i think that in terms of the timing of his arrival and his announcement i think it's it's almost perfect because had they announced it the night that that porto won the championship things would have gotten out of control uh but certainly it shows how big a club like mefica is and for us fans that know Benfica, we know that Benfica is the biggest club in, in Portugal, and certainly it drives and attracts a lot of media and a lot of attention. Um, so yeah, so uh, I think Cristiano's uh, dream has, has come true with uh, with JJ arriving. Uh, I was against it, so we kind of have uh, different uh, um, opposing opinions on JJ's arrival. I know that Dave. Uh, is more of a uh, he's indifferent he's, because you know by nature Dave is a stats guy he looks at the numbers he doesn't have a sentimental value uh, into it he just looks at the cold hard facts uh, about uh, JJ and and Dave I know that I didn't tell that I didn't let you um, talk much about some of the, the numbers against Avish but I'll let you go on the JJ numbers that you have uh, shared with us yeah for sure so uh, some records that he holds with Benfica. He's got the uh, most games uh, coached as a manager with 321. And he also has uh, 10 titles, the most uh, as any coach uh, with Benfica. 10 titles, uh, he holds that uh, that record. But um, just I did a quick uh, recap of what he's done uh, previously with Benfica there. And a reoccurring theme here is uh, European uh, Europa League uh, runner-up, Europa League runner-up, uh, Europa League semi-finalist, Champions League quarter-finalist, Europa League quarter-finalist. So if you want uh, a Benfica that uh, is strong in Europe, I think this this man is the is the guy to be the, the coach for Benfica. Dur- of course, during his spell, he, he won three times. He also lost or he also uh, came in second uh, three times uh, as well. But... Um, if you want somebody that's going to uh, bring back a, a strong Benfica in European competition, I mean, I mean, who else would you have gone with? Uh, from a Portuguese manager perspective, I don't think there's anybody else better than uh, a JJ. Yeah, so let me just um, let me just rewind and, and and go back in time to give a little bit of context uh, in terms of a timeline, right? So five years ago, uh, and fresh off of uh, winning a title. Uh, and playing uh, excellent football, uh, Luis Lufiera decided um, that the, the way for Benfica uh, no longer included uh, JJ, right? So we wanted to uh, turn the focus uh, to the academy, to Seychelles. He felt that he had built a strong enough structure within the club uh, that the structure was would be able uh, to support success. And that success, of course, would have uh, Seychelles uh, involvement, if you will. Um, the story was was at first very 
jumbled up, uh, but we got to the end of it, and the the, the end of it was that really um, Luis Lefiero was trying to place JJ in a club in the Middle East. Uh, when JJ found out that that's what he was trying to do, I'm sorry, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm free to sign for whoever wants me, uh, and he picked to go to the club of his heart, Sporting. So he went and signed with Sporting. Um, when he signed with Sporting, uh, there were some words exchanged, um, which, which JJ said, uh, the structure is me, uh, even though that uh, Benfica has, um, has changed, uh, uh, the software is still mine, is still there. Words were exchanged by both parties. Uh, Benfica actually has, or, or I don't know if they cancel now, a, a 14 million lawsuit against JJ claiming that he stole some secrets from the club, that he took uh, a laptop with information and shared them with Sporting. So they went back and forth. If you recall, when JJ left, there was like uh, cardboard figurines of the team, of the championship team at the Benfica store, and J.J. was uh, quietly removed from that whole picture. Look, uh, I, it's five years ago, but I think that a lot of us still have uh, a good memory of that. So was J.J. sent out of Benfica at the time? Absolutely. I think we could all agree on that, that J.J. was forced out. He didn't leave. He didn't have an unsuccessful year. Uh, and the results spoke for themselves, as, as they've mentioned. Uh, the guy with the most games coached for Benfica, the most titles won for Benfica, his resume and his record at Benfica speak for itself. For, for itself. I think all of us three can agree that JJ is perhaps the top Portuguese coach uh, right now. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. I, I think course. it's a safe bet. Go ahead, Dave. No, no, I was going to say uh, that it would, based on what he's done in Brazil and what he's done with other clubs, uh, Sporting Benfica, and even what he did with uh, his club in the Middle East there, um, he knows uh, how to spot talent and he knows how to coach talent, right? So I, I'd say for sure his resume speaks that right now, currently he's the uh, top Portuguese manager out there. Look, I, I also do think it, it's safe to say he is the top manager. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's not about uh, comparisons here. The one thing to me that stands out, and it's plain and simple, for Portuguese football, he is the best option. All right? I mean, that's it. Throw every other name right. out, the, every other name of every other big Portuguese name uh, coach. Throw it out the window. At the end of the day, JJ is the right man for the job. He knows Portuguese football inside and out. He's had this well-oiled machine once running perfectly at one time. He's going to do it all over again. Yes, Alfredo, I understand some of the things are still not sitting well, but I'm not one of those people that holds on to 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 to, to what happened five years ago. Yes, I didn't like some of the bookers, some of the some of the critiques that he had coming our way, but everything else to me is is absolutely acceptable in my mind. Benfica forced him out the door. He wanted to stay. They wanted to send him to Qatar. He said, "No, nah, you know what? I'm gonna pick my. I'm gonna go wherever the hell I want to go." He went to Sporting. He went to a place that served up and still serves up hatred for anything Benfica. And whether it's him, whether it's you, whether it's me, we take a job at Sporting or Football Club do Porto, and we're gonna have, we're gonna be expected to come out and, you know, punch our, you know, stick out our chest, right, and 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 spew our hatred 
for our eternal rival, which is Benfica. So, again, I'm not giving him a pass, but that's what the house serves. I wish he would have had a little bit more respect. The fact of the matter is he didn't. I don't care about, you know, I was the brains. I mean, listen, man, name me a successful coach that's not cocky. This, I'm not telling there isn't one out there, but there's very few of them. To hold on to some of that nonsense, it's rivalry talk. He wanted to get under the skin of the Benfica because he knew that he didn't have the horses to compete with Benfica at the time. The only way he might have done so was knowing knowing these players as well as he did was to try to get under the skin. He knew Rivitoria was a softy in the end, and he wasn't going to sit there and, and, and really fight for his team. And look, a lot of that stuff, mind games, Worked for a little bit until Brian Ruiz sent that ball to the moon. And all of a sudden, Benfica came back out and Benfica, you know, won the championship and he had to tame it down a little bit. But look, bygones are bygones. It is what it is. The fact of the matter is that our team, ever since he's left, it's 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 digressed year after year after year after year after year. Things have not gotten better. You know, with the exception of maybe a couple of players, as Juan Felix and even, you know, Victor Lindelof and Smith. You, you have some fantastic players, but each year, as you start selling these guys, you've gotten weaker. The investment, even the, 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 the $40, $50, 60000000 million that Benfica's invested in the last couple of years, it's been on atrocious signings. The one thing we know uh, right off the bat is that whenever JJ takes over, which is expected to be August 3rd, a lot of these guys that are on this roster right now have to really uh, – or not have to really, but a lot of these guys will – receive their marching orders. You know that they're going to do a better job of reinforcing the team. You know that the team, even at the, at the very least, they're going to play better because he's a tremendous coach. Say what you want. He is not the same coach today that he was six years ago. Dave mentioned before, he's won three titles, but he also lost three. Obviously, that one, that one terrible year, he won the, uh, the, the Liga Europa. Uh, he lost the Liga Europa, lost against Porto, and lost the final de Taça against Rui Vitor and Vitor Guimarães. That was the game, the famous game that Cardoso pushed him. That was a terrible year, absolutely. But I do think that, guys, in all our, our disgust, in all, you know, our disgust, in all our hatred for the guy, Honestly, look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, am I a better man today? Am I a better person? Am I better at my job today than I was six years ago? And I think every single one of us would say, yes, I've grown. We've all grown. And I think he's grown as well. It's unfair to expect players, you know, with six years experience, oh, you know, they're more mature now. They're better players. Than I. You expect Mourinho to be better. Other players, other coach, and we're all just not going to give this guy an opportunity. At the end of the day, he's back. He's coaching Sportly's boy Benfica, which is the most important thing is he better have the best interests of Benfica at heart. He better do his very best to get this club back to where it belongs. At the end of the day, everything else is music. I don't care. It is what it is, personal feelings. You know what? At the end of the day, nobody gives a shit about my personal feelings. So I don't care about nobody's personal feelings. At the end of the day, is about what he does for Benfica. It's about winning games and getting this team back on the right track because what we've seen ever since he's walked out that door is this team going backwards. And now, the fact that he's back, I'm confident as ever because I know that the man making all the wrong decisions in all these years will no longer be making these decisions. That it's going to be run by someone that understands football. And at the end of the day, all I care about is football. So if we win, if he loses, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all of you listen to this Benfica podcast right now and all of you that have listened to the Benfica podcast over the years, if he loses, you know me very well. I will critique the man like no other. But until then, my expectations are high. I expect nothing but winning in the near future. Yeah, look, um, 
here's where I stand, right? And, and I think that, you know, my problem isn't specifically with, with JJ. Um, my problem is that five years ago, it was decided that the club was going to take a, a different direction. After solidifying uh, and getting back uh, some hegemony uh, from Porto and winning some titles with JJ, which was what Benfica really needed at the time, um, Luis Luviera felt that the club was strong enough that would be able to uh, support whatever coaches came. Uh, there was a huge investment that was made uh, on the Seychelles to, to form kids. And now there was a change of direction where we're going to start taking advantage of these kids because it's about time that we get our return back. At the time, it was decided that JJ is not really a coach, and I'm not saying that he hasn't changed now, uh, that really bets on youth. Uh, JJ wants to win, and he feels that the way to winning is not having a team that has a lot of young kids. He likes experience. He likes players that are skilled. Uh, and Luis Fluviera decided to go away from JJ because he wanted to make Seychelles an integral part of the main team as suppliers of talent, not only suppliers, uh, suppliers of talent, but also to be able, um, coaches like, like Rui Vitoria, to be able to um, add value to these players from the Seychelles so if you can turn them into uh, big deals and big profits so they can make their obligations, so on and so forth. I'm okay with that direction. At the time that it was proposed, that was presented to the fan base, I'm fine with that, being that there was a, such a huge investment in the Seychelles and being that Benfica's placebo was huge at the time and something needed to be done in terms of not spending so much money on lottery buys, on truckloads of players from Brazil that never have the quality to, to play in, in Portugal, let alone Benfica. So I was okay with that. Four and five years, and as Cristiano mentioned, we have seen a disinvestment in the team as it was expected, right? Because if we're no longer going to be spending tons and tons of money and bringing a lot of players from South America, obviously there's going to be a disinvestment on the team. My problem is that at some point, Luis Fleet or somebody in the structure has to say, this is not working the way uh, we are. Let's turn up the investment a little bit more. Let's try to balance things up and let's try to right the ship because this is the plan, ladies and gentlemen, that Luis Fleet set forth five years ago. Fast forward five years, five years in, in the future, where we are today, uh, the two coaches that were at the helm of Benfica were guys that were, were appointed specifically because of what Vieira wanted from this team. Don't spend money. Look to the Seychelles for talent. Obviously, that has not worked. Five years forward, by going and getting JJ, you're really admitting that the plan you put forward five years ago, you were not able to execute. And that's the problem that I have is the fact that him turning to JJ right now is a desperate attempt to save his presidency, to save his, the moves that he has done. The plan did not work. He did not execute. 
there's a failure all across. Yes, there's championships in there. In Europe, we were absolutely atrocious. Yes, there's there's some financial recoup that we did. We're in a better financial state today than we were five years ago. But sportingly, uh, and you know, in terms of, of football, the team is much worse these days than it was five years ago when J.J. left it. So my problem is not with J.J. being appointed. My problem is the reason why he's being appointed because there's clearly an acknowledgement, and albeit not publicly, there's an acknowledgement that he failed, that these five years are going to be thrown out the window because they didn't work, and as a result, he's going back five years to how we it, how he was. So JJ appointed. There's a hundred million on the table supposedly to be spent on players, and this is just to me is a huge waste. These five years have been a huge waste of time because all you're planning for as good intentioned as it was, you were not able to execute. And everyone knows that every good plan. Uh, everybody can come up with a good plan. The problem is executing plans. And I think this is where Benfica failed. I think that's where Luis Fleetfieta failed. And to me, he deserves to be out. And I don't think it's fair that he's turning to JJ to really save face on this. Well, look, you know where I stand with, 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 with our president, right? Without elaborating, you know where I stand. But that being said, in a way, right, if he turned this around, and look, you got to praise the man for realizing that, bro, the path I was taking was leading me to, 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 to the desert. There was no water. I'm seeking water. And I'm here in the middle of the I got to get out. I got to get out of here somewhere. And there's some trees over on that side, and there's a jungle. I'm going to take my, you know, I know for a fact that there's water over there. And he finally saw the, the light. <laughs> and, and, and if you turn it around in four or five, like you did before, right? You fast forward it to today. If you fast forward to five years from now, when we're dominant in Portugal, at least, we're dominating everything in Portugal, and we're representing ourselves with respect and dignity and not making a mockery out of ourselves in European competitions, this will have been a success. And again, it has to work. It, this absolutely has to work in order for it to be a success. And then we'll all be praising him be, you know, for, for, for realizing that he was heading down the, the, down the road to nowhere. That being said, I wanted to touch on something else, Fred, because this is something, bro, that bothers the crap out of me when you non-JJ supporters bring this up, but you guys constantly talk about youth. And you talk about him not playing youth. And you know where I stand with this. My line has always been, he plays youth when it's ready to be played. When guys are ready, he's going to play. And the reason, you know, like you mentioned, Luis Rubieta brought in two coaches to be, you know, to head his project. It wasn't to head his project. It was to be yes men. End of story. End of story. They could tell you whatever news they want to tell but it was to be yes men. JJ is not a yes man. Going back to the youth, JJ has proven that when the youth is ready, he will play him. And at the time with Bernardo, I know everybody's still stuck on freaking Bernardo, but if he goes champions, I don't give a crap about – you didn't play? Oh, well, we're still champs. What, are you going to be more champs? I mean, at the end of the day, you're champs. But instead of winning by eight, you're going to win by ten? It, Get over that Bernardo stuff. It's over. It's water under the bridge. But at the time, Benfica didn't have the proof of concept that it does today. At the time, there was Ivan Cavalados of the world. There wasn't no Bernardos. There wasn't no Cancelos. There wasn't no Ethersons. There wasn't no Oblox. There wasn't no, we know, Juan Felix. There wasn't no Renat. There wasn't any of those players of that caliber that had come out from the youth, from the Seychelles at the time. Now, there is a proof of concept. 
that, you know what, whatever we're doing down there, it's working. JJ, there's an understanding. I'm going to give you what you want, but you got to give me a little something. You're going to have to look down. And I think JJ will. And the one thing that really annoys the crap out of me regarding this is that I feel that people are criticizing them without any knowledge. Just, uh, you know, just, just being haters. Because if you paid attention to what he did in his 13 months at Flamengo, he played three or four youngsters. One of them just got sold to Real Madrid, Renner, or whatever his name is. He was playing 17-year-olds. And I get it. It's totally differently, but at the end of the day, he was playing youngsters. So for those of you that want to come out and say he doesn't, just look at what he did in the last six months. You don't pay attention, obviously, because he's played youngsters. And I'm a firm believer. When they're ready to play, they're going to play. We're not going to see and nothing against the kid. Look, I still believe there's a player there. You know, he's raw. And, and this, you know, the J.J. Wright might benefit him because he might be sent out on loan and the kid will mature and become a quality player. But you will not see Tomas Tavares playing in the Champions League, <laughs> making his debut on the team very raw. You're not going to see any of that under J.J. If he's ready to play, he will play. This kid today that scored two goals for Benfica, Gonzalo Ramos, if he proves that he can play, look, he might not be the starter, but I think he will get some rotation. He'll get some minutes. I think what he did today is going to perk up a lot of people. They're going to perk up a lot of interest. I think JJ's paying very close attention. And again, that $100 million could only take you so far because there's a lot of sectors in the team that needs to be strengthened. So maybe, you know, look, instead of, you know, going out and getting some other dude to sit the bench and be my third option, I got a kid here and goes, oh, that could, that could develop. I, look, man, I think that there's some criticism that you guys are absolutely right about. But again, it's five, six years later. Everybody, everybody, everybody has gotten better at whatever the hell it is they do. So give the guy a fair chance. Let's see what happens, and then let's critique. That's just the way. That's where I stand. But have, have you know, have no sound, bro. Have an understanding of what's gone on with him in the last 13 months at Flamingo, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I know European football, they mean nothing, but in South America, it's Dumbuka Juniors at River Plate, a tremendous, huge club of 40 million fans with tremendous amount of pressure. They needed to win. They hadn't won anything, which is the equivalent of the Champions League. It's 1981. They had tons of pressure. The guy went there, built this team, had him to win, and he played a few youngsters. One of them, I think it's Renner. He got sold to Real Madrid, so he's proven that he's changed his ways. He's proven that if kids are ready, he will play. He just did it now. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I have a the, – the one problem that I have is, is certainly the, don't spit in, in the plate from where you eat off of. That's, that's the one problem. And I know that both parties went back and forth in terms of attacking each other. Yeah, Benfica even took – Benfica, remember, Benfica, like you said, they had a – they had – uh, some type of process against him in court for $14 million. But yeah, oh, he also had a process against Benfica because Benfica didn't pay him his salary for la whatever it was. They owed him a year's salary, something like that. I don't know what it was. Well, but they, they, Benfica didn't play him for, pay him for the last month because they signed for, he signed for Sporting well, before yeah, his contract so they, ended. They both had a process in court against one another. Right. So, my and, and look, certainly I, I, I am – a little bit upset or, or I'm upset because of that went on, but I also understand the circumstances in which they took place. What I'm more upset about is where the decisions that are being made today to save face, where was, I'm not even saying a hundred million, where was 20 million on the year that we were about to be 
pentacampeões, an historic mark that the club has never been to before. Where was the investment they that spent, year? They spent it. It was just bombs. They spent it on Ferreira, who's back now from Espanol. Espanol turned him back on a huge signing bonus. They spent it on Castillo. They spent 10. I mean, it wasn't 20, like you're saying. That but was sp- a year afterwards, so, Chris. That was the year that they, yeah. they didn't. That was oh, the year, the year after, after. That was the year afterwards. Yeah. The year that they lost Lindelof, Ederson. Uh, oh who, who, who else did they Their lose? Biggest signing, their biggest signing that offseason was Varela. Yeah. Varela, uh, he made. Lindelof. Um, uh, not, uh, help me out, Dave. What, what play? They lost four, four out of the five of the defense. Lindelof, Lindelof, uh, Smithu, and uh, and uh, Ederson were for sure. And there was another one. I don't recall who the other one is. I know I'm always, I, I, yo, there's always, I believe there was four, but those are the only three I could come up. Yeah, there were, there was guys. four out of the five were the defense was decimated. Four out of the five guys left. And well, I mean, who's your left back at the time? Because your right back was Smith. Your two center backs were Luizão and Lindelof. You know Luizão State, so it couldn't have been the other center back. It had to be a left back. Might have been Sakita. Uh, Sakita was never ours, I don't believe. No, he was on loan. Yep. No, there's um, nobody that you're missing. There, there was, there, a, there was a, the list here. Lisandro Lopez, Grimaldo, Luizão, Lindelof, Galaica, Eliseu, uh, Pedro Pereira, Jardel, Andre Almeida, Hermes, Semedo, uh, Ruben Diaz, uh, and then Yuri and Alan Benitez. There was nobody. So maybe uh, it was somebody uh, in the midfield that we lost that year. But name I the rest of the roster, Dave, real quick. I'm, I'm afraid we're going through it. Might as well. Because name, name the rest of the, 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 the team. Oh, we lost uh, Ederson was the keeper. I, know, I said, we, we mentioned Ederson. Okay. Smith okay. and there was another guy. Uh, Feja, uh, Filippo Augusto, Samaris, Andre Horta, Pizzi, Celis, uh, Danilo, João Teixeira uh, from the midfield there. Uh, up top. Uh, Raul Jimenez, uh, Jonas, Mitroglu, Carilu. Did we Zico lose Jimenez? Did Jimenez leave that year? No. I forget. It was the following no. year. No, yeah. The following year. I'm, saying, I'm saying, leave. did he leave the year with? with yeah, he, he left with Rui Vitoria. Uh, so did Ederson. Yeah. No, so you're, right. you're right. So, uh, I, don't, I just know that that team was decimated uh, after uh, winning the, what, the, the third championship in a row, right? Yes, two with JJ. No, the fourth. No, fourth. Two oh, with JJ and two with Vitoria. We were on. We were headed into a year where it could have been an, an absolute historical year for for Benfica, and there was absolutely no investment on the team. Um, and now, uh, to save face, and because it's an election year, because trust me, if this was not an election year, I have my doubts that he goes and gets uh, JJ, even though. Uh, before uh, Brun Lage took over, there was talks that he was interested in JJ. Uh, so JJ has always been a favorite of Luis Felipe Vieira. But the biggest problem that I have right now is that to save your face, you're turning into a guy who you kicked out of the club um, to follow a project that led you to disinvest from the team. And now to save your face, you're doing absolutely the opposite you're going back to the guy kicked out of the club and you're investing in a team to save your face so where's the plan uh and we've heard a couple a couple you know famous benficistas if you will 
uh, Ricardo Araújo Pereira, for example, saying that Benfica at this time is a, is a club with no, no direction. Is just floating in the ocean. And when you make a plan and the plan doesn't work and then you revert to what you got away from five years ago, it shows that there's no plan. The plan is to go back to five years ago. What happened to the five years that just happened? You know, so that is my biggest problem is that you're going back to a guy that absolutely there's no question that won every almost everything that there was to win for Benfica. I get that. I recognize his talent. I recognize his value. I recognize that he's going to bring, bring much better football to this Benfica team. At least I hope so. But certainly the decisions at the top, you know, is they're just they're they're shameful, they're embarrassing, and they're an insult to the fan base. Uh, that devotes their time for to Benfica. Yeah, but if we, I, I guess it's a lose lose situation then for Vieta because if he doesn't bring JJ and he continues on his plan, then he, we're still not investing in the the club. So it's a kind of a lose lose for him. He can't he can't win and he can't lose. The player that left that year was uh, Mitroglu. That's who it was. That was the fourth player. Mitroglu was the guy that left. Top top. Yes. So yeah. it was a four. Was and a they, four. Brought in, they brought in Seferovic as there his replacement. A, that year they brought in Seferovic, uh, Patrick Vieira, Krovinovic, Korean, uh, Diogo Gonçalves, Ruben Diaz, Willick, Carvalho, Arango, Salvador Aga, Brun Varela, uh, Matu Milos, Villar, Douglas, Gabriel Barbosa, and, and Rakip. Those are the champions. Let me just came. let me say this. Out of all those players that you, you just mentioned, Cristiano, the only player that we spent money on was Krovinovic. Everyone else arrived at the club either on a free or alone. 3.5 to Sverovic. Miss Vilar's 4.5. Uh, Gabriel Barbosa was, I guess, alone. Was alone. Yeah. Right. So, I so mean, that that is, you know, I don't want to get too drawn out on this, but this is the the biggest problem I have, which is really accentuates the fact that come October. We need to vote this this man out of of power, uh, and uh, you guys all know how Cristiano feels about Luis Fierro. You know, if you didn't know how I felt, now you do. Um, but but certainly uh, is is a guy that for all the things that he has accomplished, and I thank him profusely for uh, for everything that he has accomplished and has done for the club. But it's time to go. It's time to go because. He just wasted five years of a supposed plan that was going to involve Seychelles. And I'm not saying uh, that you need to have a half a team made in Seychelles. Certainly, there's a lot of talent in Seychelles that needs to be taken advantage of. Uh, but certainly, the planning that has gone on and now to do an about face is to go back to what you had five years ago when you, when you kicked, when you pushed this coach out of the team, uh, to me... It just—it's not conducive to a, a, a man that should be in charge of a club of Benfica's magnitude. That's how I feel. Do we know if the other candidates running against them, if they would keep JJ on board? If uh, well, uh, if Rui, uh, Rui Gomes da Silva already said that he wouldn't touch him, but he—you know—that kind of plays into him because, you know, for the fan base that likes JJ, he's just going to gather their support. 
No, Rui Gomes Silva wouldn't touch him, meaning wouldn't wouldn't hire him. That he wouldn't. No, he no, wouldn't. no. He he would. He said that he wouldn't. If if things are going well, he would not change the coach. I thought yes, I read that he wouldn't hire him. But the point of the fact of the matter is, regardless who it is, besides Luis uh, Luis Lipieta, bro, you understand it's going to take nearly thirty million euros to get rid of the guy. I mean, it makes no sense. We cannot afford get rid of who JJ. Right, but I I don't think there's plans to get rid of him. I, I think I read I read I read Rui Gomes de Silva cr- criticizing. I read some that Rui Gomes de Silva criticized uh, his appointment, bro. I heard he I criticized saw- his appointment, but he also said that he would not okay. touch him if he was in charge and things were going well. Okay. He's already said that, so he, he's kind of already put himself in in that little choo choo train that goes along with the situation as long as things are going well. Uh, but so that I think that's the biggest problem that I have. And, and obviously, um, the things that were said uh, when you disrespect an institution like Benfica, uh, certainly Benfica fans have a long memory. I mean, think about Paul Souza, think about Pashiku, even though the Pashiku now is, <laughs> has been included in some, some ads for the club. Uh, but certainly, um, it, it was something that was offensive. And I do understand a lot of Benfica f- fans being. Um, being offended by it and still holding uh, that resentment. Uh, I also think that a lot of Benfica fans don't see themselves uh, in JJ's personality. I think that guys like uh, Rui Vitoria and, and Laja's personality kind of fit more of that Benficaista uh, fabric, if you will. But certainly, uh, those neither one of those two guys had the success that JJ had. Uh, and certainly, I think that maybe uh, at one point, Lodge, during Lodge's run last season, the team was probably playing very, very well uh, and probably very comparable to what we saw under JJ. Uh, and we have to also say that with a much inferior squad, that's ne- n- uh, neither here nor, nor there. Uh, JJ is now the coach. There's not much you could do about it. Um, I just you just gotta support him and, and hope uh, that uh, that he will be just as successful in the second stint as he was in his first stint. But I think that he was going to have a much shorter leash from the fan base, uh, and there's going to be a lot of people watching uh, everything that gets done uh, in terms of how much control has been given to JJ and how much is he going to be able to control in terms of this this team. Uh, right, so in order to go get him, Benfica had to spend a lot of money. Uh, I'm sure, along with those that money, there was a lot of things that Benfica had to surrender. A lot of conditions that JJ um, demanded for that Benfica had to give him uh, in order uh, to uh, to get JJ. Uh, in other words, we just lowered our underwear down to our ankles for JJ. Uh, but sounds like desperation, Dave. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's only making three million per year. He made before five years ago. He was making two and a half, and now he's making three million. But he was making more at Sporting, at uh, Flamengo, and more out in the Middle East. So maybe he took less to come back, but to have more control and more decisions uh, over over. But we don't know team. if that, Dave. We don't know if there was a signing bonus. We don't know if there's bonuses by objectives. All, all of that, and, and those could be outlandish. As you guys are talking, I'm reading the, the whole the Rui Gomes de Silva interview, and he's talking about 
é um contrato de 26.5 milhões de euros. It's 26.5 million euros. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where everybody gets that three million salary. I mean, you must have gotten a huge signing bonus. I mean, that's if it is indeed correct that he's only making three million annually, then he's gotten a huge signing bonus. Right. Because because Rigomazov even says for 26.5 mil, um, I would have gotten Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, Carlo Ancelotti, top 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 manager. But that, that's ridiculous because none of those uh, none of those uh, managers also would, uh, would agree to come to You'd have to think long and hard uh, if you would keep them uh, right. if you were to win the election. So right. So the, it's a lot of money, regardless whether it's Rigomazov, Silva, whether it's Alfredo Fumasas, whomever it may be to take over and win the presidency against Luis Vieira, whoever that is, it's going to be very tough to pay someone um, this type of money to ship them away um, and then hire another coach, pay him a few million. It's, it's just too much money, and I think it's, it's one of those things that Benfica cannot afford to do in today's world. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I will be uh, carefully watching as to uh, what's going to happen to this uh, Benfica team under J.J., uh both on the on on the pitch but also outside the pitch um i think i i read a, a number or i heard a number that during benfica's reign uh george Zuz was responsible for the arrival 80 players at benfica this is five years 80 players um at benfica um and look i, I don't want to touch upon the youth because john uh, um Christian already uh, already mentioned youth, uh, but uh, you know that there's some there's some talent at the Seychelles, and I would hate to see it go to waste. Um, but certainly, I think that there's going to be a lot of people, much like myself, that are going to keep a watchful eye on what happens, how much control he has of the team, uh, and how much does he have Luis Luviera by the balls. And look, rightfully so. But I ask you, Alfredo, and I'm asking the rest of you, non. George Zeus supporters listen to the podcast now. Look, you, you're entitled. You have the, uh, the right as much as I do to praise him. You have the right to criticize him. But the only thing I ask of you, Alfred, and everyone listening is don't, don't be naive, man. Don't be your hater, I should say. Not naive. Don't, be, don't do it after a few months on the job. Don't do it after a year. Give the guy a couple years to build his team. Yes, if things, you know, if, if you see the wheels falling off the wagon like we saw this year with lives, then absolutely. I mean, I'll, like, again, I'll be criticizing on myself. But, you know, but be, can't can't kill it from day one. You got it, yo. Give it a little time. Give I, it a little time. Cristiano, I understand what you're saying, and certainly under normal circumstances, you give them that time. And I also know from what I know from JJ from experience that his his teams and his plan and his work idea matures in three years, reaches its peak. But the, what you have to think is, or you have to remember, is JJ was not brought in with the three-year plan. J.J. was brought in to win right away. I think he will. I think he will win right away. But what I'm saying is if we're not winning, with, I mean, I do think, look, first of all, <laughs> first, I think we're going to smash everybody next year, but that's besides the point. But if we're not winning as, convincing, as convincingly as, as, as some of you people, because obviously the fact that you don't like the guy, you're going to be looking at every little thing to nitpick. My thing is, Pep Guardiola goes over to Manchester City, spend a billion dollars, and they give him a little time to get his team in order. That's all I'm saying. I get it. You're right, Alfredo. He's coming in with a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, different circumstances that we haven't seen before at Benfica. Right? He's going to have tremendous amount of, of of luxuries to go out and spend money. He's going to have total control. I get it. But 
There's other coaches that take higher jobs with a lot more money that are given a little bit of time. Let's not criticize the guy today. And I've seen Alfredo, you know, I'm involved like you are in a lot of group chats. There are people criticizing him for rumors of players that haven't signed with Benfica. The one thing with Benfica that cracked me up is when there's a rumor of Cavani signing for Benfica, it's crap. But then there's a bum player that George Jesus is interested. That's real. That news is real. But the Cavani's fake. But the news of him wanting a terrible player, that's real. Come on, guys. It's rumors. It's freaking – until they sign, until they're at Benfica, I don't care about these rumors. Right now, look, the latest rumor just came out that from, from El Chiringuito, which is a Spanish uh, show and whatever, yada, 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 that Benfica's made an offer. They're interested in James Rodriguez. I mean, everybody and their mother's going to be associated to Benfica now. So let's not be critical. Let's look. It is what it is. Silly season. Until the guys are at Benfica, I'm not – let them talk about whoever the hell they want. Yeah, look, uh, under normal circumstances, I think that he's going to have that amount of time um, under the circumstances in which he's brought in, which is to have an immediate impact on Luis Fleviera's popularity. Uh, and I know that down the road, Luis Fleviera is going to come back and say, I had the balls to fly to Brazil and to negotiate Jesus and bring him back and blah, 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 much like he did with Laj after Laj won the championship and went on that tear when everybody knows that Laj wasn't even his first choice. Alfredo, it is true, though. I will tell you that if Jesus is, is successful and Luis, Fleabeta, and Luis Fleabeta does that, unlike the time with Laj, this time it's true, Alfredo, and I'm going to tell you why it's true. Because he knows, and again, I believe he's doing this because his back is against the wall. I get it. You're right. I'm not disputing any of that. But he's also going against the grain, Alfredo. He knows that there is a tremendous amount of Benfica supporters who do not support this decision by him. And he knows if, if come October things aren't well, that he's going to be packing his things. He's going to be out the door. He understands. So... He's going against a lot of people's wishes, Alfredo. So, in a way, if he does do that later on, he's right. Because he took balls to do something that a lot of people do not want to happen. A lot There are a tremendous amount of people in Portugal that don't want Jorge Jesus anywhere to start to lose, let alone on their sideline coaching their team. They don't want him anywhere near the, the area of where Colombo, where, where the stadium is. So it does take some balls to go against what everyone else wants because he knows he's going to receive a tremendous amount of criticism, right? And there are people that even if Benfica is, is winning every game 10-0 from September until October until the elections, there are people that are still going to vote against him because they aren't happy that George Jesus is back. But Cristiano, I'm, I'll... Not defending, I'm not defending the guy. But I'm just it, in a way he will it will be correct. He is taking a huge risk here because if Benfica's if Benfica ties two games and they're winning one zero, let's say they don't get to invest this hundred million, they don't build this super team, right? And Benfica comes out of the gates and, and look, we've seen even in his in his tenure, first game of the season, Benfica went what seven years without winning a game, or they had a tremendous stupid number of, of years in a row that were that, that they struggled with the first game. And he understand if they slip up. Out of the starting gate, he's going to be under tremendous pressure. So, I mean, I, I guess it does, in a way, take a lot of balls to do what he's just done, Alfredo. Yeah, I, I do. I understand that. But the thing that I have a problem with is the reason why he's doing it. Oh, yeah. That, because that I because that if, well. he, if he has a plan, and he clearly doesn't have a plan, if he has a plan, he goes and gets a coach to align with his plan. 
What he's doing is a knee-jerk reaction. He knows he's in trouble. He knows that he owes fans big time for the past couple of years that he disinvested the team. And he knows that the only way to save his face is to have the one guy which he thinks can bring him instant success to the team. And yes, the guy has, has proven he has a track record, but it's not a given, Cristiano, that Look, he doesn't have September... A no, no, I'm talking about George yeah. Zeus. It's, it's, it's not a given that come September, JJ is going to wipe the floor with the whole Portuguese league. That's not a given. I don't know. Have you seen the quality of the Portuguese league? I mean, this is the worst. Yeah, no, it's not, a, it's, it's not a given. I think, JJ, I think JJ, even with this squad this year, would have been champion. That's but just you, the way I feel. But you, you but, also, but it, look, look you also predicted, you also predicted that we'd have – won by Christmas. Have, right. And it was not right. Ha- I was right. We're up seven points. <laughs> I was right. I was right. And, and then, uh, and I got a flat tire. And then from the flat tire, the, the wheel and came the off. Bent, bent rim. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, I was right. By Christmas, we were champs. Right. And so they just look. We became the first team in in, in Portuguese league. That that squandered such a huge lead in the second half of the season. So I mean, look. I just think the team gave up on Brunelage. I think the team, as we talked about it plenty of times. They set them up, right? But I, this team, even w- with the conditions that they are, with the same players that a lot of us call bums and some are better than others, I think George Zeus would have been champion with this team. The quality of the Portuguese league is absolutely atrocious. So, But you're right, though. I'll give, nothing is ever guaranteed, obviously. Nothing is ever guaranteed. Yeah. But I think Luis Rivera has proven that he doesn't have a plan. I think Luis Rivera did what a lot of fans do, do till today. With that whole Seychelles crap, that you start believing that every single player that thinks going to come out from Seychelles is going to be Renat Sanchez, or that every single player is going to be Juan Felix. And it doesn't work like that. He believed that he had invested enough and that he had enough players down there that would carry this team. I mean, the guy was asinine. The guy came out and said, one day Benfica is going to be champions, fielding all 11, champions of Europe, fielding all, fielding all 11 from Seychelles. I mean, you it's could tell ridiculous. me, my man was. My man was drinking what the fans are drinking. They're all freaking cool. They could be champion. They could run. They could compete for the title. The B team could compete for the title in Portugal. That's yeah, what he said finished, just a couple months they, ago. They finished in like 14th place in the second league. With That's that what team. he said a couple months ago. Um, so, so, yeah, look. Uh, JJ is, for all intents and purposes, JJ is going to be the coach of Benfica for the, for the upcoming year. Uh, and for the next three years. Uh, right? And, and certainly as, as Benfica fans and uh, we have to support the coach regardless of the past history because I, I do want to see the, the team do well. I do want to see the team uh, play good fo- football. I do want to see the team uh, winning one nothing, winning 2 nothing, winning 3 nothing, still going after the next goal. I want to see the team roll over, over teams because that's the Benfica I grew up with. I do want to see that, but certainly I'm going to have a watchful eye as to what happens in terms of how JJ maneuvers himself within the club and what his relationship is going to be like with Luis Fiera and the rest of the structure. Look, the sad reality is, and, and, and I got to give him a shout out, our good friend, Fleeping Liz, a.k.a. Baqueiro, he says it all the time, right? JJ should have been, should have been our, our Sir Alex Ferguson. He should have never left. Six years ago, five, whatever the hell it is, five years, six years. He should have never left then. He should still be at Benfica right now as we speak. And Benfica would have been wiping the slate clean. I mean, you know, we would have had that 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 control, that dominance over our rivals. Yeah. All right. So anyway, let's Dave, you wanna I know that Cristiano and I have, have kind of been going back and forth on this JJ thing. Uh and I know you're 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 somewhat indifferent, in but 
I want to hear the opinion of that of someone that's kind of falls in the middle. Yeah, just from a, an outsider, like I'm loving uh, this debate between you two. Uh, I don't have that much uh, emotion to either side, but um, just win, baby. I think Al Davis said it best, just win, baby. And uh, and at the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter. We're, we're seeing the, the supposed investment back into this uh, squad. So just win, just show me the results and uh, all, will be, all will be good in uh, glory in uh, Benfica land here. Okay. So uh, 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 it is what it is. <laughs> Part two. It is what it is. JJ uh, will be the new coach uh, for Benfica, and, and I certainly hope that the first thing he does is he clean up, cleans up that roster, get rid of all the freaking bums that are on this team, the guys that want to play and the guys that uh, the, the guys that want to play and they're not talented enough, and the guys that that are talented enough and they don't they don't want to play. I hope he cleans out the locker room. Uh, Let's play a little game. Let's be, you you always come up with these these tricky little games when we interview players. So I'm coming up with a little game here on the fly, and and you guys can't bow out of this. You have to you have right. to say something. You have you have the roster. Who's the first? Pl- no, no. Who's the first player? That's well, gonna let's get go. Let's go through the roster. No, 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 no. no too long. Too long. We do that next time. It's too long. We do it at the end of the season, Alfred. We got one more game, and we've this a tradition here on the Mayfica podcast where we do it at the end <laughs> of the season. We're not gonna do it now. All right, so. Dave, first player to get my – don't tell me Slovin or, 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 or Jardel because those are fish. First play out of the, the regular, the most, you know, the, the 11, 13, 14 that play, which, which guy is going to get marching papers? You're not going to like this answer. Okay, but skip. But it's going to be Tarapt because he's already, he's already missing. I don't buy this injury bullshit with uh, Tarapt. He's already, uh, he's already I, gone. I actually had it confirmed today, and Alfredo will tell you, I had it confirmed today that it is, it, it really is an injury, that it's not. Because I, I was asking everybody and their mother, and Alfredo is a witness, he'll tell you, and I had it confirmed today that it is, it is uh, an injury. It's not anything to do with the fact that they wanted to get rid of him the minute that Brun Lodge is left. But, uh, the, the first guy is Seferovic for me. I'm going to say one. I don't want it to be because I I would like to see this guy play with intensity and play under a coach like 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 George Jesus. I think he'd be fantastic. I just don't think he could ramp it up, and that would be Gabriel. I hope I'm wrong. Here's the here's my my angle on on that right. Um, throughout the 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 years um, that we have followed JJ's career closely, and that uh, of course that starts with when he first took over at Benfica. Um, the one position uh that he's always emphasized and it's been a nuclear position within his squad is that center midfield whether it's defensive midfield uh whether it's somebody that's an eight i mean we saw uh javi garcia matich uh fesa samadis samadis best years were on the jj uh, then he, he moved over to uh to sporting william carvalho took a huge step but that's the sixth position. Don't don't discredit the eights. Remember, each no, 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 no. But no Perez, I mean, Enzo. look, if, look, you Which have a better a better a better story than Enzo Perez as an eight. 
He was right mid, wanted to go back to, to River, wanted to get out of Portugal, was tired of being there. They didn't like his situation. NJ convinced him to move into an eight and became a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And that's what I'm saying, that he, he puts a very big emphasis on those, both the six and an eight are very crucial. The guy at Flamengo, Arão, big, big nuclear piece and big part of the success that they've had. Uh, that is why I think that if Gabriel is willing to do what JJ asks of him, I think that Gabriel is going to be important. But now you got Florentino, you got Weigel, you got Samadi, Samadi who had his best years under JJ. Uh, but that, it's going to be it's it's too crowded. Look, that I'm surprised. Too crowded. I'm surprised at the criticism he gets because you just ran off a list of names of guys that he adapted to different positions, became phenomenal players. That's why I'm surprised Benfica were all still upset that he wanted to turn Bernardo Silva into a left back. I mean, the guys had success. I mean, he turned <laughs> he turned Quintrell from a left winger. To, uh, Benfica a, plays Sporting for the last game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Benfica will play uh, Sporting at Stadio Luz. This, is it this Friday, Dave? Saturday. 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 4.15. 4.15. I thought both, it was, uh, it was uh, an early game for some reason. Uh, uh, both, uh, both us against Sporting and Porto against Braga, 4.15 on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, Sporting has, uh, has uh, you know, still has a third place to, to secure. And third place, obviously, uh, grants them an automatic place in the Europa League. Uh, Braga is three points behind Sporting. And if Braga win the game and Sporting loses theirs, Sport, I think I believe that Braga does have the head-to-head -head advantage against uh, Sporting. Uh, but obviously, Braga faces uh, Porto, who will... I'm curious to see what, what the approach will be by Porto, uh, understanding that the week after that they got a Portuguese Cup and they might save players against Braga, which will play in Braga's favor and in Sporting's disfavor. I think I think Porto might, might because, again, it would not surprise me, right? We've seen this in the past. I think Porto will pack it in and make sure everyone's ready to go and, and, and it's 100% against Benfica for the, Taça, uh, the final Taça Portugal. Where Benfica and Sporting have a rivalry game, Lisbon Derby, as we know, that game, regardless of positions in the standings, regardless of, of form, those are always games that are very important, games that are meant to be won. So I don't foresee Benfica resting any players, uh, unlike Porto. I think Porto, again, they have everything wrapped up. It is what it is. Um, let's move on to Final Taça Portugal. And I think Braga will have an easier day than Sporting will. Dave, numbers on this derby, bro. Yeah, historically, uh, 134 wins, 65 draws, and 109 defeats for uh, Benfica. The last 10 have uh, gone five wins, four draws, one loss. And the last five at the uh, Luge, uh, two wins, two draws, one losses. And uh, uh, like you said, Sporting currently in third with 18 wins, six draws, nine defeats. And uh, since returning to COVID, five wins, three draws, uh, and one defeat. They're... Uh, Real turnaround this season looks like uh, was uh, after they brought uh, uh, Amorin uh, to be their uh, their manager here. But Sporting usually, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, they always do well because there's not a lot of pressure because they don't have anything to play for. So they tend to play a little better uh, towards the, the end of the season. But certainly uh, credit must be given to Ruben Amorin. He has uh, brought in some young players uh, from Alkshit, uh, which have kind of featured on this team. And after and, and, losing Borden Fernandes, 
And if my memory serves me correct, JJ never lost against Sporting, so another omen. He's back. Expect the charm to fill the locker room. <laughs> and I mean, look, again, like I said it before, bro, but you never want to lose to Sporting. Are you crazy, man? If he yeah. has to game, Sporting is a bunch of youngsters. As you said, Ruben Amorim's done a tremendous job for them, uh, having only lost one game. Uh, you can tell he's one of those up-and-coming coaches. Hopefully, for his sake, not for my sake, because I don't really care about Sporting, but for his sake, you know, it won't turn into another Bruno Lage next year. Yeah. So last game of the of the season for Benfica against uh, our eternal Campeonato. rival, the Campeonato, not the season. Season. Ah, yeah, that's true. The season. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the season has been over for me for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what we can expect uh, from Benfica, and certainly uh, with JJ's appointment, a lot of these guys have to be thinking uh, that they need to put out a better effort on the field. Uh, if they are to be considered. I think there's no free passes. Perhaps the Almeida thinks that he will have a free, or Pizzi, I uh, think that they will, he will have a free pass with JJ being that they have history together. But certainly, um, this is also a JJ uh, that knows that he's going to have a short leash and he's going to need to have his guys ready to go if he is to be able to meet the expectations that are being put on him. So, um, that's it. I think. Uh, what's that? I'm saying long podcast, but we yeah. had to to cover something. Yeah, we had, we had to um, we had to get out, get that out of the way. Um, and, and certainly, you guys have been following this JJ saga, and you know how Cristiano and and I feel about him. So uh, we felt that uh, we we owed it to you uh, to kind of state where where we are uh, in terms of JJ now that he's been. Uh, appointed. Uh, sorry that Dave was played the the Switzerland in this game, uh, but certainly. Uh, over yeah. here, you can, you can understand that Dave is the peaceful guy that will just like he doesn't like to get involved in confrontational. I've been sleeping like a baby. Oh man, I've been so comfortable the last couple of last couple of weeks because this you know rumor's been out for a little while. I'm so ecstatic. I can't believe that this day's finally arrived. You gotta carrega Benfica. That's all that matters to me. Everything else. Are they going to uh, bring him out before the uh, the season, like uh, announce him and bring him uh, like have a press conference before the end of the season, or wait till August to bring him out? Because uh, from what I know, it's he's going to be presented August third. That's uh, that's what I heard. I can't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm stopping. If I'm on a highway, I'm pulling over right in the center lane, and I'm watching this press conference. I'm not missing this for anything. If they really wanted to uh, ruffle some feathers, they would do it like an hour before the the sporting game and get uh, some. Oh, that'd some... be that'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be that'd be that'd be like rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, that would be. I mean, look to me, where whenever wherever, it's going to be entertaining as hell. I can't okay, wait. Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> wherever whatever I'll, I'll be we'll be together <laughs> isn't that how it goes we'll be together baby JJ's back Befica Podca Podcast is a founding member of the Befica Independent Project an independent project uh, in Portugal with its uh, website BefecaIndependent.com there you will be able to find a lot of articles of opinion uh, tons of podcasts both ours Befica FM uh, there's Rescaldos also recaps of games in Portuguese and there's other podcasts um, what would you say? Brinco, Brinco de Batista that's right 
Um, also, if you want to support the project, the, the project, we're uh, on Patreon uh, with two levels of support, one at $2 and one at $5. Uh, and I think I believe the $5 gets you a nice Beficient uh, Pendent limited edition mug. Uh, so it's totally worth it. There's plenty of content. And now that um, things have kind of stabilized with COVID, um, the crew and, and ourselves included, I've decided to start working on uh, more uh, Patreon exclusive uh, content. Uh, so th- please don't forget to, to check those guys out. BefikaPodcast.com is where you can find us at 10CO10, at 87DO87, uh, at BefikaPodcast is where you can find all three of us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and all that good stuff. We're, we're all on there. Uh, thanks for uh, a lot for, for listening. I hope that we didn't bore anyone with, uh, with JJ. And certainly, uh, I think we owed it to you to give you our opinion. Uh, thanks a lot. Next week, we'll be back. We will uh, recap uh, the last game of the season. We'll look ahead to um, to Benfica's Taça de Portugal, uh, which Benfica hopes to um, to hoist uh, uh, after this uh, dismal season. Cristiano, always a pleasure. Dave, same with you. Have a good one. Take care, everyone.